Welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Joining me today is none other than the living legend himself, Forfis. Forfis, thank you so much for being here. Uh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Instagram sensation, long-range shooter, and one of my favorite three-gun guys. Uh, wait, wait, wait what's, what's, what's that competition that you participate in that I really uh, dig? Uh, it was uh, it was a PR it was a PRS style match like a precision rifle series kind of yeah. match. Yeah, um, it's kind of like that. Um, it's a little bit more of a smaller series, kind of like a, a club event. Yeah, um, we did it out in Petawawa. Yeah. On, on their military base, reaches out to like 600 meters. 600. Yeah, so it's kind of like a snap-and-shoot kind of match. This is like a short-range match for you. <laughs> yeah, sort of, sort of, sort Six, of. 600 meters. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to imagine a world. Like, I, I, I typically shoot handguns mostly, and, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed rifles. I'm an open-sight kind of guy. I know you spend a lot more time with glass and optics than, uh, than I would. I, I don't... Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I started... Um, uh, the first time I shot my first gun was um, was in the cadets uh, that my buddy maybe kind of joined because I made him join boxing. Uh, like two months into it, he was all like, oh, we get to go to the shooting range. I'm like, what? Seriously? I get to go to the range? I get to shoot some guns? Like, this is freaking sick. <laughs> so we went out to uh, we went out to Borden. And uh, I honestly, I because I, it was so long ago because I'm an old man now. Um, I can't remember what gun we were using. You're a bastard. <laughs> I know you're younger than me. So, <laughs> uh, so we, I, it was whatever the cadets were using at the time. It was semi-auto. It was yeah. magazine-fed. Yeah. Uh, I honestly couldn't even tell you if it was like an M1 Grand or... What, 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 how long were we talking now? Oh, 16, so shit. That had to be... Are we talking the 80s here? Uh, 90s, 90s. 90s. We'd be talking like mid 90s. I think it was around like 97, All right. okay. 96, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, you know, I'm willing. To, I'm willing to bet that you probably got to fire some. Uh, was it was, was it a big gun? Was it like a good full uh, size rifle? Yeah, it was wooden stock. Oh, um, then, dude, you fired a C1. You, you I guarantee. I don't even. I, I, yeah, dude, I, I know it was it was gas adjustable because he was making oh. fun of me because he was like on the way to the range. Like this thing's got 11 settings on it. When I when we get to yours, I'm gonna be spotting for you, and I'm gonna crank that thing up to 11. Your shoulder's gonna be killing you. And I was that, like, okay, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put an end to the debate right now. You were firing an FN Fal C1 Canadian battle rifle. That's what you got to say. Podcast Brian's gonna be losing his mind right now. You got to fire uh, one of the famous you know rifles in our culture that's the c1 battle rifle the, the right arm of the free world and i mean that was your first experience it, it was yeah it was. and it, mine too mine it too was. And uh, it, it was it was fun like it had no optics on it. it was um it was iron sights yeah um like i said my buddy was beside me um his his dream was to join the military his dream was to become a long-range shooter yeah um that he was like diehard for it um and he knew even for like for our age like at 16 he knew a lot like yeah. a lot and I, I i i guess i could take it up to being um a natural shooter um but also being able to take in the information that he was giving me yeah and being able to transfer that into what i was doing that exact moment in time so we started at 100 meters yeah. and uh i was hitting the target just fine and he'd be calling the shots Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, you know, let's let's reach out to 200 because they had targets at 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, yeah. 600. Um, so I went out to, to, to 200, and he was explaining the bullet drop and everything to me. Yeah. This is stuff like I knew absolutely nothing about. The only thing that I ever shot in my life at this point was a Pelican. Yeah. Um, so I, I went out to 200, and he pretty much gave me kind of uh, an estimation of like how much the bullet was going to drop. Yeah. How much I would have to hold up on it. Uh, took the shot, hit the target. He's praised me for it. He was all like, you know, like do it like you know, like two or three more times. So I did it, 
And then uh, he was just quickly explaining, he's like, you know, like if you go out to 300, the, the bullet drop's going to be even more intense. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot faster. So, you know, like he's like guesstimating. He's like, you probably, your bullet's probably going to drop about this much. You probably have to hold it up about this much. He wasn't telling me to go for 300, but I just take the next shot. Yeah. And he was all like, oh, you missed. And I was like, check the 300. And he checked yeah. the 300. He's like, oh, holy shit. You yeah. Hit uh, about yeah. an hour, about an hour and a half later uh, in, into the shooting, um, I was hitting uh, 500 meters, uh, iron sights. Yeah. Uh, the groupings, uh, I'm guessing, were pretty impressive. I remember the groupings were like 10 inches. Nice. At 500 meters. Yeah. Um, and everybody was standing there just like looking at me like, what the hell, right? Yeah. I actually had one of the guys in the base, he came up to me and he was like, um, I'm, I'm guessing your grandfather, your father's been taking you hunting. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. No, my, my father's actually got a firearms ban on him back from like uh, the 70s. And uh, I'm like, yeah, guns are not allowed in my house. And, like, yeah. and I don't know my grandfather. So I've, I'm like, the only thing I've ever used in my life was a pellet gun. Yeah. Uh, this is like the very first time. Um, and he was trying really hard to convince me to, uh, to join the military when I became of age, which in my, the back of my head, it was a, a solid no. Yeah. And not that I'm against the military. I'm, I'm for them very much. Yeah. It's just uh, at that day and age, the idea of me having, you know, being yelled and screamed at yeah. by <laughs> somebody uh, kind of drove me nuts. Uh, like I was 16 at the point and I had guys that were like almost 18 years old yelling and screaming at me doing this stuff, which yeah. made me kind of really like want to rip their heads off. <laughs> their so I just, it wasn't my thing. Yeah. Um, Hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Here we are, right? I'm 40 years old now. And uh, looking back on it, I kind of wish I did do it. Really? Yeah. Um, just because, like, again, so much different in my youth than I am as an adult now. Absolutely. Uh, I have so much more respect for the military and law enforcement now than I did when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, like we've talked many times yeah. about like my upbringing and stuff yeah. and how my family is very much against law enforcement um, and how things have changed. So yeah. in hindsight, if, if I knew what I knew now, yeah. Uh, going back then, I wish. I, I wish I made like different decisions. Obviously, I've. You know what? I I've seen you shoot a couple of things in all this. Uh, listening to you speak is fascinating. By the way, I love the fact that we're having this conversation because it's something I've been wanting to do for quite some time. Uh, I, for those of you that have never seen uh, Forfist shoot before, he has this wonderful penchant for creating you know clover leaf shaped holes in a target and you're quite the, you're quite the long range shooter I, and you know what uh, some people just take to it very naturally uh, I've noticed over the years that a lot of people that never expected that they would be uh, really great shots turn out to be fantastic sharpshooters and when I say that I mean like like a lab tech you know uh, a young lady who's used to working with fine you know fine instruments and doing things underneath the you know uh, uh, a set of set of uh, what do they call them loops? You know, like working working uh, fine instruments and having fine motor skills and just having a degree of focus that that you know not everybody has. I've seen people really come alive on the range and realize that they're really good at this. And you're one of those people. I know that. And and for the people out there that have never tried shooting, that I've encouraged to go out. I mean, they a lot of them surprised themselves at at how good they actually are. Uh, the second thing, pellet guns. I'll tell you right now, I have always maintained that people that start their uh, shooting uh, life out shooting pellet guns always turn out to be incredible shots and it's not because it's not because they're you know they have better sight or you know, it, it, like I mean just pellet guns eliminate the um, the distraction of uh, muzzle report or noise and recoil and really allow people to focus on things like trigger control and and form and yes. you know yes. and they're breathing and and people that 
typically people that are, um, you know, young and start off with pellet guns and are actually, you know, uh, focused, get really good with long range rifles, which I, I know is your, you know, your favorite. I mean, oh, I, I, you, you, you're you one of those people that love all facets of shooting. And I know that. I mean, I, I've seen you shoot handguns and I've seen you in competitions before. Uh, I know, I know uh, how much you love this community and, and to get you here on the show is, is, is a real pleasure for me. I got to tell you. Yeah, um, my pleasure being Yeah, here. no, no, it's cool. It's, it's long overdue but um you know i i know though that you have a real affinity for the long range stuff and so i'm curious to know what your thoughts were when you were looking at uh you know the ban list that came out i mean you you heard the information when the rest of us did and uh, you saw the announcement i mean your thoughts i mean you only got into this a couple of years ago i know you have a, a good amount of money invested uh, and, and and personally you've invested time and and, and you know your your interest level is very high in this what, what are your thoughts regarding the ban i mean you know Thoughts, <laughs> you know, they, you know I, I, I say that, oh. folks. I'm, I'm actually hold on. I'm sitting in my car, six feet away from him. He's holding the mic. I'm actually gonna put on my seatbelt <laughs> because I know that I may regret. I may regret this. Morpheus <laughs> uh, is a composed gentleman, but he feels very passionate about this subject. I'm a little nervous, right? But your, what were your first thoughts when you heard the announcement? Uh, actually, um, I thought the announcement was going to come at like uh, like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and I was, I was actually at work uh, picking up some materials for some of my guys. And my buddy texted me and the message came out and he was all like, as of right now, AR-15s are banned. And as soon as he said that, I shut my radio off. I went over to like the AM640 or AM68, whatever the fuck it is. I click on it, right? And, and they're going on and they're going on about it. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, no, 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 no. And then I'm like, I'm like, um. Uh, Shit, I'm like, I messaged my buddy, I'm like, where's the list? Is there a list? And then like five minutes later, I, I get this list. And like, I literally, I pull off the side of the road, I stop my truck, and I start flicking through it really quickly. As I get ARs, 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 I'm like, oh my God, this is bullshit, man. I'm like, okay, well, right there, man, I got three guns gone, right there, four grand a piece. Okay, that's a lot of money. <laughs> oh, okay, ARs, that sucks. I really love my ARs. And then I already had an idea about this 10,000 joules uh, restriction um, yeah. about four days before this actually got announced. Yeah. Um, which had me obviously severely confused because, like you said, long range. Typically, a good long range rifle that I like is high powered. Yeah. Um, so then I started going down, and poof, there it is 10,000 joules. And it's like, mm -hmm. son of a bitch. And I start going down the list, right? It's just like 50 after 50 after 50 after 50 after 50. It's a motherfucker. I got a KX-50 in my goddamn safe. That's 10 grand in one goddamn rifle. Yeah. Besides the optics, besides the bipod, besides the reloading equipment, besides the ammo that's already in the house, that's a $10,000 rifle right there. Gone. Yeah. That I, I, I can't use anymore. I, I'm hitting the prime of the season when I like to shoot, and I can't take out my most badass rifle to use the thing. Not to mention it doesn't have a single round fired through it. It's brand spanking new. Ouch. Like, that's a kick in the dick. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't just stepped on my freaking nuts, and I usually don't handle getting my nuts stepped on that well. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, okay, well, I just built a 338 Lapua that uh, I, I, I love her. I, 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 I pet her, and I hug her, and I hold her, and I sleep with her, and the dog sleeps with her, and she's a very beautiful girl. Yeah. Um, and I, even though like I'm very, I'm very into my reloading, um, 
I never actually look at the energy that a 338 makes. Yeah. So now I'm in panic mode. Like, is this that powerful, right? And yeah. they're, they're, it seems like they're only listing like 50s on this list, right? Yeah. It's, it's all about the 50s. Yeah. And then I get down, I'm like, I'm not seeing anything about 338s or any particular 338s. And then I quickly, I, I Google the energy and the 338s are like 7,000 joules, high 6,000 joules, uh, you know, somewhere in that range, right? So the 338's safe. So I'm, I'm, I'm lucky there. But what really bothers me, besides all of it, and it's just ridiculous, and it's stupid, and it makes absolutely zero sense, like, it's not going to save lives, man. You're just going to piss people off. This person, I'm pissed. Uh, I'm looking at my safe every time I open up and go, oh, there's 25 grand. Gone. Gone. Uh, like, if, if we get to battle this and we get to win this, awesome. You know, if I get to keep my stuff awesome you know i should be able to keep my stuff uh i worked very hard for this mm -hmm. you know i earned every penny for this i was told i was allowed to have this you know i was given permission by the federal government you know i had to jump through hoops upon hoops upon hoops a little bit more than the average person because of you know who i am and stuff but that's a whole other story but i did everything i was supposed to do as a law-abiding citizen mm -hmm. you know i did every little aspect they asked me for and then some and you know i've behaved myself i've been a good boy and you know i wish i had gotten into this when i was in my much younger years yeah because it would have stopped me from doing a lot of the stupid shit i did as yeah. a youth and it would have saved me would it wouldn't have saved me a ton of money it would have saved me a ton of money in law fees and tickets <laughs> and stupidity it wouldn't have saved me money because i would have been buying guns and more guns and even more guns so cars <laughs> cars who needs a car anyway uh, uh, a fast uh, car right? you know, <laughs> you know I, that, that's something that people don't understand I, I think that a lot of people uh miss that completely you know like i i always hear these arguments you know you don't need a gun you don't, you know, like, I mean, you don't need an AR-15. I mean, like, no, I don't need it. I, I, I want it. You want it. I just, like, I don't need a muscle car, but I, I want it. Yeah. You know, like, if, if I'm, if I, if I'm going to do my muscle car thing in a legal way, I'm not hurting anybody. You know, like, I used to be big in the street racing when I was younger. Yeah. You know, like, we'd be running from the cops all the time. You yeah. know, just stupid, stupid, stupid shit all the time, right? My insurance race, I remember when I was 19 years old, I was paying $14,000 a year for insurance. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, it was, and that was not even full coverage. That was just, like, basic, basic insurance. What'd you do? What'd you do? Run over a crowd of people? I had a driver's abstract that was literally three pages long. Oh, my God. I, 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 I would have had a field day with you. Oh, I, I would have pulled your ass over in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would have given me. you such a... <laughs> 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 the amount of times I ran for which is absolutely ridiculous. Well, and, and you know what? And you grow up. And, and we you, do. We and do. You, you grow up. And I, gotta, and I got to tell you, you know, as a grown man, you are probably one of the most responsible, uh, level-headed, you know, kindest people I know. And, and the very thought of punishing you to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars when you haven't done anything wrong makes me sick to my stomach. It disgusts me that it, anybody would do it, that. It's horrible. I, I, I have to behave. Like, like everybody knows me. You've said it over and over. You're like, oh, you know, my name gets put through a computer every single day, 24 hours. I get a background check every single day. This stuff sits in the back of my head yeah all the time every day and you know people say really does it go through your head every day well yeah it, it does like if i get into a confrontation with somebody back in the day it was a whole different story yeah. I, if i got into a confrontation it was you know decimate first don't ask questions later just yeah. walk away what's done is done <laughs> yeah now it's i gotta find a way to de-escalate a problem as fast as i can 
yeah. with my words. Yeah. All right? And I have learned to do so. And it, it's, it's there. It's if I do something wrong, if I do something stupid, I am going to lose everything that I have worked years and years and years to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like, and just besides like losing like all of my guns and yeah. losing the, the privilege, I really don't like people say it right. Because we don't have the right yeah. to have guns, we have a privilege to have guns in this country, which I I think is sad. But you know, needs, our, to, ch- needs to change. It does. It, it needs does. to change. I, I find it very inter- entertaining. There's a lot of people don't even realize that we can conceal carry in this country. And if you actually, if you call the firearms information offices, it's the first thing that you that you hear on the phone when you call them. So say I, I want to call and I, I'm like, you know, I got to upgrade my, change my address or do a transfer or whatever. Yeah. The very first thing it says, if you are looking for a permit to conceal carry, please push one. It's there, like clear as day, clear as day. You can call me like, yeah, man, I want to conceal carry a permit. You ain't going to get it. Yeah, I was just going to, I was just going to say that's, that, it, that, right? you know what, I, I think, I think it, what it should say is if you want to go on our list of people we're going to pay closer attention to, please press one now because we're not giving you that shit. <laughs> you ain't getting it. Right? You're not getting that. It, uh, unfortunately, but it doesn't, but it does exist. It does. And unfortunately, it's the RCMP that makes the decision, yeah. not the federal government. And that in itself is a problem. You mm-hmm. know, our, our police are there to police the laws that they have been told to police, yeah. not to not to make them yeah. and not to decide whose life is more important than another. Like, if, as far as I know, from what I've been told, and I got like no credible information towards this, but what I've been told is that there are like two or three people in this entire country that actually have a concealed carry permit that have been authorized for it. Is that factual or not? I don't know. But that That's the most that I've heard of that. The numbers are very, the numbers I, I'm told are very low. And there, there are a greater number of people that um, for employment purposes out on trappers lines in areas, uh, uh, that are very remote where they you know will encounter you know large predators are, are granted the uh, privilege of carrying uh, a sidearm uh, because it their, their work necessitates that uh, but the number of people that <clears throat> are granted permits to conceal carry firearms for the purposes of specifically um, you know life protection are, are outside of policing and security services in the military are, are very uh, very very low very low. You may be right with it, uh, the numbers being that low. I, I, I'm not exactly sure. But I, I can tell you right now, though, that... Well, it's, it's, it's kind of sad if you think about it, because a trapper goes out, and I get it, he needs, you know, to be able to take care of himself. You're yeah. out there, you know, you got some big games, some dangerous game, yep. you know, and... Your, your long-range rifle is really not going to be that helpful mm-hmm. at close-quarter situations. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can use it, but it's a lot heavier to move. Yep. It's a lot more awkward to move yep. in close-quarter areas, especially yep. if you're in, there's a lot of trees. You know, you yep. go to swing to protect yourself with it. There's something like six feet away from you, and you smash your barrel into the tree because you don't realize that tree's there because your situational awareness is completely attached to that animal. Mm-hmm. You know, a handgun you know, or a big-caliber handgun for a big game you know, is going to be a lot more effective to protect yourself. So here's the problem. You're, you're out there hunting, you know, do what you got to do to survive, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your life is on the line yeah. and you've been permitted to use a sidearm to protect your life. So what is the difference between someone in the street putting a gun at me, risking my life and a bear trying to rip my head off? Well, I think, you know, a a lot of people ask me my stance on this subject, uh, you know, with having a background in policing. And and my 20 years uh, of service uh, taught me one thing, 
that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that probably should not be allowed to have uh, access to guns. And, oh, and, 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 that's, and that's why we have such a rigorous system in place that carefully screens and certifies people uh, so that we don't have a lot of, you know, unnecessary violence involving firearms. And when you look at the numbers, uh, the number of people that are involved in incidents, violent incidents uh, with firearms that are actually licensed owners is so small that it doesn't even register as a percent. And, and, and that's something that I think that people really, you know, need to pay closer attention to. And certainly the latest tragedy in the uh, Nova Scotia, uh, you know, part of Canada, where we had a madman going on the tear with, uh, you know, various firearms that they don't want to talk about, and he was unlicensed. And when you look at when you look at the numbers, like licensed owners are not part of the problem, and and yet we keep getting painted up to be that way. But but ultimately, as as former law enforcement, I'm not too excited about the idea of of carrying firearms the way we do in the U.S. Now, the U.S. is a completely different environment. The barn doors already open, and uh, they certainly have their rights enshrined in uh, in their constitution. And I don't disagree with that. It works for them. And uh, quite honestly, when you look at the numbers there, the 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 number of times that people deter violence using firearms or respond immediately uh, to events using firearms uh, are pretty high. They never talk about the number of lives that are saved no right no, by 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 carrying firearms here in canada i don't think we're there yet um you know a lot of people talk about it i, I mean just full, coming full circle when we talk about property rights and when we talk about the right to self-defense and when we talk about you know concealed carry they're all three very separate things in my mind and and a trapper that's on a line is probably more likely to encounter potentially dangerous animals. And, and you're right. Uh, working in the thick, swinging a long gun might be a bit of a problem. I can tell you that if uh, something creeps up on you, and, and that's the way a lot of these animals attack people. When you look at puma attacks and mountain lion attacks, it's when you turn your back. That's oh, that, That's I mean, when they that's when they come at you. So they have the natural instinct to fuck you. Right? Up. Yeah. They'll 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 freeze dead in their tracks when you make eye contact with them. But the minute you turn your back and run they're yeah, going to be they're, they're they're going to be on top of you so so having access to something smaller uh you know uh, uh i don't want to say more portable but something something that while uh, an animal's on top of you mauling you and i mean that's a realistic possibility for a lot of canadians because a lot of canadians live outside the major city centers and and do encounter these kinds of animals when that thing's on top of you uh you may only be able to access something as small as a sidearm, but powerful enough to uh, deal with the threat. That that I think that it's uh, probably a good idea if you're out in those areas to to have that. And and I get your argument, I really do. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not for Canada anyway, a concealed carry guy. Uh, you know, and certainly I haven't been a big proponent of that when people have asked me, and I've been very clear about that. But I, I can tell you that uh, you know it, it's a possibility and it does exist, and that's something that a lot of people don't, you know really um, really think about that often and, and and I mean you know I wonder and this is something uh, I, I don't want to cross the line into tinfoil hats onto a, a, a parallel subject here but I wonder you know um, in an area you know like Nova Scotia where there are a lot of guns there, there are a lot of guns out there there are a lot of people that hunt there are a lot of people that recreational shoot recreationally shoot and own firearms I wonder I wonder how many people if they had known that there was a madman roaming around going house to house, you know, um, I wonder how many people would have, if they had known, gone and loaded up their firearms. I wonder. I, I know it's something that Billy Blair doesn't want anybody to even contemplate. 
but the truth is, is like you know like if you were at home and you know you lived in a remote area of Canada and you got word that there was a madman on the loose dressed in an RCMP uniform you know killing people and you had access to your guns you know and I don't want anybody to paint me up to be the guy that says go get your guns and load them up because that's not the case but I wonder I wonder how many people if they had known that truth would have actually done that very thing and felt more comfortable uh, knowing that they had the ability to protect themselves I, I wonder I wonder how you know um, people would have responded if they had known something that you know a lot of people were completely unaware of what was happening and we you know we can look at that one you know I'm sure over time uh, nobody's really ever explained why so many hours had passed and and for anybody out there that would paint me up to be critical of the RCMP I mean it's not unfair to ask these questions if they knew that this was going on and they didn't use that emergency alert to let people know why I mean like they they use amber alerts and that type of system to alert people for uh, seemingly much smaller things I've never complained once about getting a, a loud ringing noise coming out of my phone at 2 a.m. because somebody decided to not come home um, you know like well no no and I mean no, hey, no, I, said, uh, I find every they they, they they complain about like oh my god man two o'clock in the morning this thing was going off yeah that shit don't wake me up yeah I see you know, it doesn't I wake, wake you up. up in the morning and go oh look there was an amber alert you know but no I, I think it's a completely effective device absolutely yeah. and if they had done something you know sooner it could have saved lives it could have saved you know, lives like, I, I really do believe that without without knowing enough I mean I like I I, I think that if, if you just look at the time frames um, it, it would appear and I, and I mean I'm not sure about this but it would appear though that some people uh, were murdered okay by this unlicensed you know madman who has nothing to do with our community uh, post the police knowing what was happening now I realize they thought they had an area locked down and he slipped through uh, I get that but I mean at some point you would think that they would have issued that alert and and they didn't and I think that that's a question that really needs to be um, answered and there's a lot of questions revolving around that event that I think still remain unanswered that if need, you ever get answered well you know I, I find it interesting that these uh, these law changes and this giant list of 1500 guns um, come down hot on the heels of reporters asking some very pointed questions and almost immediately after uh, it comes to light that he was an unlicensed party you know I, I couldn't help but observe the discomfort level on the people uh, that were asked that question when they should have definitely known the answer. Hey, was he an unlicensed individual or was he a licensed individual? Well, the investigation's ongoing. We don't want to talk about that. Uh, it, was he licensed or was he not? You know, uh, we got to focus on the families right now. And I mean, these are important things. Absolutely. But this is a simple question that could have been answered very easily. And they knew. Why is it that they didn't want, seem to want to answer that question? In fact, when I watched the police commissioner defer when she was asked directly, hey, um, was he a licensed owner? Simply, can you answer that question? And she turned to Billy Blair and Bill Blair answered the question for her by not answering the question. I found that fascinating. I found that fascinating. And you know what? For every, for every woman out there, that feels very strongly 
you know, uh, about a uh, powerful independent woman, uh, you know, being appointed to the position of police commissioner for the largest, you know, a federal a police organization that we have here in Canada. For her to be asked that question that was meant for her, for her specifically, and to see her turn to Bill Blair, who says he has no control, right, or sway over what the RCMP does, to answer that question for her, what a slap in the face to women everywhere. Like, I mean, I, I, a lot of people say that the gun, the gun issue isn't a woman's rights issue. I disagree. I, I think that anybody that stomps over another person's rights, it's only a matter of time. And there's a lot of women involved in this sport that run the risk of losing their firearms as well, that they love very much. So, you know, uh, you know not to get off topic here, but I mean, like that, that really disturbed me to see that. And, uh, you know, I, I was re- really curious to know, you know, why it is that she turned to Bill Blair to have him answer that question. Uh, why it is that Bill felt compelled to answer that question. And, I mean, I really do want to see a lot of answers to some of the things that went on there that we still don't know about yet. And instead, we have a wonderful list of banned firearms that you and I have to contend with. And we still don't even know what guns were used in that incident. Uh, oh, God. Oh, it was an assault-style, military-grade firearm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sure, sure. Sure. Well, what is, like, every other shooting that's ever happened, you get this information, like, within, like, the next day, you know, like, oh, some guy went out and shot at a bunch of people. He had a Beretta on him, or he had a a Mini-14. This time around, we know that a, a, a firearm got taken off of an officer. That got put down and you know like you know like god rest her soul you know i i appreciate what she did she went fuck she went fucking full sheepdog man you yeah. know she tried to do her job to their fullest and unfortunately you know she she lost the battle and mm-hmm. i feel for her and her family um but she was a fighter that, yeah that is obvious she she tried to do what she needed to do and that's the only thing that i know okay so what farms do the rcmp carry out there so okay he had one of those but oh there was an assault style weapon that the guy was using but we're not telling you what it was not a lot. It was yeah. probably a ruger 597 22 oh my it's, you, uh, it's, you, it's stupid you know it, you, it is absolutely stupid you know and, and and to play to the public's emotions you know that are obviously running high following that event which i have absolutely no patience for whatsoever you know well, well the, you know here 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 they are they they come out with a ban and uh, these firearms are not the ones being used in the city centers where violence seems to be erupting. Every single day we see something new in the news, you know, whether it be a uh, prohibited, you know, pistol. Like once again, loaded was found on a, on a criminal out there uh, with drugs. You know, like every other day I'm seeing, uh, you know, a shooting or a seizure involving firearms that aren't legally available in this country. And uh, and or, you know, again, they ban assault style rifles, you know, which which, of course, is kind of funny because when police carry them, they're called patrol carbines, patrol carbines, patrol carbines. And there's a huge difference. Well, it's 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 there's a difference in the way it's presented to the public. And I think then, you know, you've got to get into how the media is involved in this. And certainly when we talk about the police using these items that Billy Blair's says are designed to kill the most people in the least amount of time then why are our police carrying them yeah right like i mean that that that's the question like i mean honestly if we're if we're going according to that logic like i mean okay if they're if they're designed to kill the most number of people i mean the police are not supposed to kill the most number of people in the shortest amount of time are they like i mean i get it you know that, that there's 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 clear and present danger out there and you want to equip your law enforcement with the best stuff possible i get that 
All right, but don't characterize the gun as the problem. No, characterize the individual. The individual. The gun can't do shit without the individual. So, yeah, sure, I can go give an AR-15 to some random asshat that's got a 100-round drum mag attached to the damn thing. Oh, great, he's got 100 rounds. He's going to have to change the magazine. But how trained is he with it? How, how well are his tactics? Like, that's what it really comes down to. If, if someone trains to do something horrible, if they put an actual effort into doing something horrible, and they plan it diligently in their head over and over and over again, odds are they're going to do something absolutely devastatingly horrible. You take an individual that doesn't know his ass from his face and give him the same thing, he's not going to get as far. He's going to get dropped like a two-ton Tessie. <laughs> well, two things that I'll take away from that is, one, all right, uh, the type of person that typically applies for a license and actually gets it doesn't commit these crimes. No. All right? They're, they're, first of all, they're not the ones involved. So I love the idea of buying back or seizing firearms from people that are never going to use them in crimes. Basically, to everybody out there that's listening, uh, if we end up, uh, as, as a country, spending billions of dollars buying back guns that will never be used in crimes, uh, that's pretty dumb. Uh, one. Two, you know, you don't need a gun to hurt a lot of people, has been demonstrated time and again in the news. If you just look, I mean, there's been trucks that have been used. Oh, yeah, downtown Toronto. Yeah. How many guys that? Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of questions revolving that, uh, that event as well that remain unanswered. But but ultimately, uh, I think that it's really important that people understand that the legal firearm community uh, are not the people committing these crimes. Uh, they're the ones that have actually taken the time, uh, invested the money. Uh, they've demonstrated historically that they're not involved in any kind of criminal activity or that they're not going to uh, present a danger to the public. And statistically, they're never involved in the crime. So, I mean, those people, taking guns away from those people and, and, and stomping on their rights to do it, and I mean, you can argue that it's not a right, but I, I don't care. At the end of the day, if you've got to use an order, order in council to a blanket remove property, legally owned property from people, uh, that that's a bit of a problem. Like for somebody, like you said, to wake up one day, snap their fingers and say, I really don't care what you think and I don't care what the evidence dictates. And yeah, we said that we'd listen to the <laughs> experts, but uh, we're going to go our own way with this. I mean, th there's a problem. There's definitely a problem. Oh, absolutely. There is like, yeah. <clears throat> I've I've always very been vocal on you know especially when you go online you look at like um, the social media and stuff and people are saying that uh, you know like how 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 dare they infringe on my rights you know like they're 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 going against my rights it's my right to have this it's my right to own this I always say <clears throat> a firearms license in this country is a lot like a driver's license yeah. it, it's not a right it's a privilege yes but that being said it it became a right it became a right when I went and I jumped through my hoops and I did all the due diligence and I did everything that I was supposed to do to go get my license legally mm -hmm. and lawfully. Uh, once I did that and I went out and I started buying like these guns or whatever it is that I'm shooting, it's, it's now my right to own it. It's my right to take care of it. It's my right to possess it. It's not your right to just decide one night you want to wake up and be all like, I want to make an example, and I'm just going to ban all this freaking shit. Now it's you're infringing on my rights. You're infringing on me being able to wake up in the morning and go, you know what, man, I, I, I worked all so hard for all this stuff that I have in this safe, and I have the right to own it, and I have the right to take care of it, and I have the right to go out and shoot it freely any single day that I want to, as long as I'm doing it lawfully. And now you just turn that right and that freedom that I have into I'm breaking the law.
I got yeah. teachers to hand over my shit. You know, good, good, good point. I, I'd like, I'd like to know how is it that, you know, before last Friday, we were trusted to own these things because we had earned, you know, like I mean, I think everybody has a right to apply for, you know, a driver's license. I think everybody, I think everybody should have the right to demonstrate that they can be trusted to operate a motor vehicle. Absolutely. And, and it isn't until you demonstrate that, that, you're, you sh- that you're an idiot that, you're lose your license. that you should lose your license. So, you, you, you know, it's a privilege. Absolutely. Which I have experienced more times. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, it, it, we're trusted, we're trusted, and we're trusted. And now, now I got the license, you know, and I got the firearms. Uh, and obviously, you know, I am not doing anything wrong because I still, six years later now, I think, six or seven, I've lost count, uh, I still have them. So, obviously, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Obviously, I'm not driving to the store with an AR-15 in my trunk to go grab the groceries. Obviously, I'm not out in the back 40 hunting a deer with this damn thing with, you know, a 100-drum freaking magazine shoved up its ass. You know, obviously, I'm not doing these things because I still have my license. And, and then that that drives and that's oh, that, that kills me when I'm watching that 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 jackass of a prime minister that we have standing up in front of people saying that you don't need an AR-15 to take down a goddamn deer, man. You haven't been able to do that since before I was Well, no, but well, hold on. Unless unless of course, unless of course, right? You don't need you don't need an AR-15. You don't need any prohibited firearms. They're they're far too dangerous, uh, you know, to be used recreationally or owned by people. But, but you know what though? We're gonna we're gonna make an exception for the indigenous people, and that's not that's not to say that I have anything against the indigenous people. Quite to the contrary, uh, but but I think that it's interesting. Basically, they're saying that there is no valid sporting purpose, recreational purpose, or hunting purpose connected to these guns. But but we're going to allow the indigenous populations to continue using them that way. And it's like, well, hold it a second. Like what? What's what's the definition right, of discrimination? Right? Because like, I, I, hold on. You're you're saying that I can't. But they can. I, I found that really interesting. Did you did you happen to notice that? Oh, I I noticed. Right. It, yeah. Like, and, and it's and it's it's not that I want to take away their right to use it. I just don't think you should be taking away mine. Like, I mean, I don't even hunt, but I don't. I know people that use, uh, you know, these types of firearms, these semi-automatic, you know, firearms to hunt with, and and obviously they have some valid, you know. Uh, purpose in, in being used in that role and they function in that role and, and, and the indigenous populations use them that way that they decided to make an exception for them so I mean how can they in one breath say that there's no legitimate sporting purpose connected to these guns but we're going to allow them to continue hunting with them so don't get don't get upset right don't worry we're not depriving the indigenous population of their right to hunt with these prohibited firearms they'll be able to use them for the duration of the two-year grace period before you're forced to hand them in and i'm sitting there going well wow you can't suck and blow at the same time man like i mean which is it oh like, he's trying to find a way to suck and blow and uh, yeah. i got something you get suck <laughs> you know i knew you were gonna jump with that one <laughs> no but no it, it, that is it, that is as being discriminatory as you could possibly be like in, in all reality, like okay, so he's okay to have his semi-auto, but I'm not okay to have my semi-auto. Yeah, it's just it, it's it's the, the band's stupid, 100%. Everything about it is stupid, 100%. Like you don't want me to have a 50 car? What are you, what are you afraid of? I'm gonna sit on top of my apartment building and take out a freaking airplane with the damn thing. 
Like, I just went seven years of not wanting to be in jail. I don't want to be in jail. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to use this thing for what you think I'm going to use it for. I want to be able to take this thing out to the farthest distance that I can find, stretch that bitch out, and let her freaking fly. Because I want to see how good I am behind the damn thing. Yeah. That's why I have it. That's why I want that. And I'm a freaking recoil junkie. Like, I'm the asshole yeah, that you wants are. to go to the range, take the muzzle brake off of a 50, and then die <laughs> fire the damn thing. You you know what? You I know I know how much you love long-range shooting. So, I mean, I know it's got to hurt you to hear about these bands. And, and certainly, I feel for the entire firearm community that's affected by this. And, 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 and speaking of that, you know, let's talk let's talk just briefly because I, I'm going to do another podcast altogether on this subject but the subject of uh, shotgun bores and the 20 millimeter rule uh, you know I, I want to bring this up uh, before I end this podcast because I think it's really important obviously we've had several different rulings uh, one day it's okay one day it's not I mean the uh, the CSA d- d- delivered a release saying that the um, new legislation does include uh, you know <laughs> shotguns 12 gauge shotguns that use removable chokes that the bore itself without the choke in it uh exceeds the 20 millimeter uh rule and of course bill blair comes out right away i mean this is the first time ever i think i've seen billy blair come out firing with an answer that fast no 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 it doesn't no 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 we're not we're not no 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 we're not attacking hunters and immediately says that that's not the case and then of course there's a ruling by the rcmp and the the cbsa saying yeah it actually does qualify according to the letter of the law as written so you either didn't mean to do it uh, and you're incompetent and you really didn't think this piece of legislation through very carefully and you didn't word it correctly uh, or you slipped it in and it's something that perhaps was going to be revisited at a later time who knows with all the shady dealings that this government has had over the years uh, I, I I give <laughs> I expect uh, nothing but shady business from this government and I, I've learned yeah I've, I've, I've learned I've it's learned already yeah <laughs> yeah but I found it interesting that you know it awakened a, a portion of our community that has been relatively silent through any kind of new legislative changes that include bans and that's the shotgun shooters and the hunters you know the people that own those, you know, uh, $20,000 $20, Kriegoffs. They, they, they got a quick wake-up call. Well, they got, we, we know it's always been the, well, you know, I got bolt-action rifles. I got shotguns. I hunt. I don't have an AR-15. You know, I don't have a Beretta CX Storm, whatever the fuck it's called. I don't have a Robinson Armament XCR. You know, I, I don't have any of these things. I don't need them. So they're, they're attacking only these tactical freaking wannabe kind of guys they're not attacking me yeah and now here we are poof yeah. oh by the way if you take your choke out of your barrel your barrel measures 21 freaking millimeters your shit's banned and that's exactly what it says it's just they have cocked this bullshit legislation they, they put it through as quickly as they could it no one ever went over it nobody read it nobody said oh hey man you know here's a mistake here's a mistake here's no 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 obviously the, obviously they did because now people are catching it and they're bringing yeah, it to the attention are catching it. well you know I, I think they thought they were going to slide one by the goalie and it didn't happen so i mean now now they're caught in kind of a, a bit of a jam it's like okay uh no 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 it doesn't include them so now there's been there's been several different rulings on this 
that have come out. The latest one is is that you don't measure the bore from the area of the choke, and that the entire interior of the bore. Yeah, you know, pretty much your your bore only exists from the beginning of the the beginning of your chamber or the end of your chamber, however you want to look at it, to the beginning of where your choke's supposed to be threaded into. That little space in there, that's your bore. The choke area, that's actually a part of the barrel. Yeah, that is that part doesn't exist. That doesn't count for shit. Well, they've obviously tailored now their response to uh, you know the uh, you know interesting uh, dilemma that they're in by saying the latest ruling is is that it's not part of the bore and that shotguns are not part of this equation and you know the thing that frightens me most about this is that uh, all those guys that felt for a split second the anxiety you know that everybody you know with long guns or you know what they would characterize as assault rifles has been feeling for quite some time now that they'll suddenly back out of this uh, event and say well thank god i'm not involved i would encourage everybody to fight uh fight this thing uh, like their stuff is on the line so for those few those few hours that you spent worried about your stuff if you're a shotgun shooter if you're a hunter if you own you know uh welcome to my world yeah well yeah you know what yeah you know what jump jump on board you know what? You're part of our community. You're a very large part of the community. Uh, given the response that we've gotten from Bill Blair and the changes in the uh, the media releases uh, by the RCMP, it would it would strike me that they're a little bit afraid of waking up the sleeping the sleeping giant in this uh, that is the uh, shotgun and hunting community. And I think it's happening. And I really, really love you know some of the things that are going on here. Um, you know, little little side benefits and perks to this thing. I mean, we've gotten the lobby groups all on the same page: the NFA, the CSA, the CSAAA, the CCFR. They're all kind of starting to come together and realize that we're we're in this fight together. Uh, certainly, we're going to get a lot further by uh, pooling our efforts, uh, even if it isn't under one common umbrella. Uh, I love the idea of everybody at least being on the same page, and that. That, that's what appears to be happening now. And I really, really like the idea of the shotgun shooters, the trap shooters, the sporting clay guys, and the hunters getting on board this train right, and uh, pushing back yeah, against actually, this unfair I, uh, piece of legislation. I, I got something for you to think about. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> okay, so they're saying right now that we're not allowed to use them and yeah. anything that's been banned we're not allowed to transport them. Yeah. It's pretty much keeping your safe and uh, we'll decide later on what we're going to do with your shit. And Obviously, Trudeau was talking about, well, we're not banning handguns. Um, we're going to, you know, try to push you know, some kind of legislation by where the municipalities get to take care of that bullshit. Yeah. So, like, I live in Brampton. I don't give yeah. a shit if people know where I live. <laughs> it's yeah. a horrible, horrible city. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. There's, like, big love. shootings on the 410, like, every other week at this freaking point. Not by law-abiding citizens, by may, may I mention. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, say I want to move right now. Yeah. So I want to move, right? So yeah. I'm going to say uh, Brampton, I'm pretty sure it's a liberal city. I'm not even 100% sure. Yeah. Um, say they decide, you know, just thinking outside the box, we want to ban handguns. Yeah. Okay, so now they push legislation through, and now the city of Brampton can ban handguns. Yeah. All right. Oh, shit, I got to move because, well, I got handguns. Yeah. I, I can't have them in the city limits. So I'm left with a choice. I can either sell my shit, hand over my shit, which is not going to happen. <laughs> or I can move. 
Yeah. So say Oakville decides to say, no, man, we're, we're not banning shit. No, no worries. We, 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 we trust our law-abiding citizens. It's not a problem, guys. Don't worry about it. You're not getting attacked. We can't move into Oakville. You might be giving Oakville a little too much credit. <laughs> you going to join the Oakville? Just, you going to go to O-Town? I shit out there, man. <laughs> I, I, I really want to live on the lakeshore, okay? Shit. I, you know what? For, for the record, I love Oakville. It's got a great... It's I got like a great working in Oakville. It's clean. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to move to Oakville. So now that I'm uh, that I want to move to Oakville, now I gotta call the RCMP and say, hey man, I, I need a temporary ATT to transport all of my restricted stuff, regardless of my restricted stuff, to yeah. my new address. Yeah. But I got three ARs that yeah. they know about, and now yeah. I needed an authorization to transport those ARs to my new residence. Which they won't. And I'm not allowed to move my they, shit. Which they so won't grant. Reading the reading on the shotgun clarification on their yeah. board and they're choking all that crap, keep scrolling down. And they're explaining, like, you know, you're not out of transport, yada, yada, yada. They clearly state that temporary ATTs will only be allowed in limited numbers. And I don't remember seeing that there before. And nobody else has mentioned the thought of, if I need to move and I'm not allowed to transport my ARs or whatever's been banned, Mm -hmm. and they know I have this stuff because it's restricted, unlike my M305, which is non-restricted, and they don't know that I have it until now. Yeah. I know the birds are listening. <laughs> uh, on the radar. Either way, I got to ask for an ATT to transport this stuff. Yeah. Am I going to get it? So now am I left with the decision? If they say no, we're not giving you that ATT. Yeah. We're, we're not going to allow you to transport to your n- new place. Now you are forcing me to make a decision. Either I say, okay, well I'm keeping my handguns and I'm moving and I give you my shit now, so you can destroy it and I'm out thousands and thousands of dollars. Or I say, nah, I, I ain't playing that game, and I keep my ARs, mm-hmm. and I keep my MO305, and I keep the 50 in the safe, and I sell my handguns. One way or another, I'm getting fucked in the ass. Yeah. And nobody, nobody has thought of this, at least not that I know of. Nobody's mentioned, nobody's thought of it, nobody's brought it to attention that if you want to move, are they going to try to force you to get rid of your shit now? instead of later Mm. and what kind of decision does that leave you with you know the very idea that you would have to move because of something that you leave makes me sick of my stomach makes it makes me ill like i mean like can you imagine if it was anything other than guns folks i I mean like like, i I moved to one city next you know the next power comes into power in that scene they say oh no we're banning hangers i gotta move again i gotta up like for me it's easy i got me i got my guns i got my dog who is currently breathing down my neck yeah Salem. And that's it. I just I just pack up my shit and I just leave. Not a big deal. I yeah. got kids, yeah, but you know, one's you know 19 years old. The other one lives with his mother, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away. Yeah. And it, it's easy for me. But for most people that are stuck in this situation, it's not easy for them. They went and they bought a house and they've put roots down in that house and mm. they got the wife or the husband and the children and they shouldn't have to be forced to uproot all of that stuff that they've worked so hard for to just be able to keep one thing that they enjoy doing mm-hmm. legally. Yeah. Like everybody's all like, oh, but, you know, it's, it, it's not a big deal. You know, they're just trying to ban guns. It's a lot bigger than just guns that they're attacking. Now you're attacking my household. Mm-hmm. You're attacking my entire family. You're forcing us to make this decision of do I get rid of something that I enjoy doing mm-hmm. or I was raised with. This this could have been in my, my family for generations upon yep. generations. 
and now you're forcing me to make this decision is absolutely uncalled for. Yeah. It is stupid. It's 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 ridiculous. Certainly, there wasn't a lot of thought put into it. Uh, definitely wasn't any consideration given to the impact that this could have on people's lives. Uh, I always like to remind our audience, you know, that's listening that. It, is just tuning in and has never really been around firearms. If you can just imagine something you really enjoy that you find relaxing, that you've developed an affinity for to the point where you will, you know, plan vacations around it. You discovered the, you know, clear therapeutic value connected to it. Uh, firearm operation and legal ownership in this country is a fantastic thing. It's it's a community filled with incredible people. It's a diverse one. Uh, our our Firearm population, legally uh, legally owned guns. You know, I mean, they really they really are the most diverse, inclusive group of people uh, in the country, and we're definitely bearing the brunt of uh, this liberal government's poor decision making practices. Uh, and it's something that we're pushing back against. There's a there's a lawsuit coming, and I mean, you've heard about the lawsuit. Oh, absolutely. There's a lawsuit coming that's it, been initiated. It, it amazes me how much it even changes liberal style people. And my mother's a liberal. Yeah, she is. Like, How'd that happen? And, and, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think she bounces back and forth. Like she's the true kind of person that will look at what the government's trying to do for every situation, not just yeah. one situation. Yeah. Um, and she's she's definitely anti-gun. She, yeah. she is she's very you, you met her once uh years oh ago, yeah yeah um it was all mother's day I, I i took her to the range for the first time in her life and it was just i it was mother's day i was spending time with my mom like everybody else does on mother's day and just for a joke because she's seen some of the stuff that i have in the safe and yeah. she doesn't understand what half the stuff is um and she sees it she's and she blatantly looked at me dead in the face she's all like you shouldn't be allowed to own this stuff like that that thing in your hand right now looks like it could take on the country by itself and it's all looks this was a rifle that started off as a savage model 10 bolt action rifle it's the same as any other bolt action rifle but now it's in an mdt chassis and it looks menacing as hell but it just it just shoots good and, and I love that gun, but she just saw it for what it looks like. It kind of looks like that AR. It kind of looks like it, it looks like a stormtrooper gun from Star Wars, yeah. just painted Cerakote. And for for shits and giggles, I was like, "Hey, mom, you know, you want to go to the range?" And she turned around, she looked at me, and she was all like, "Yeah." No, and I was like, "Yeah, that's right." I was like, what? What you what? Seriously? It's like, what? You want to go right now? I was like, what? What? I remember. I remember you telling me this yeah, story. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I went home and I packed up all my gear and I threw them on in the truck and off to the range we went. And it was her first day. She ever shot two different ARs. Uh, she shot uh, 1911 chambered in 45. Yeah. Uh, I had a FN long slide nine mil that she used. Um, she even used my 870 uh, 12 gauge, uh, my tactical one. Yeah. Uh, she used everything that I had. Everything besides my bolt action because it was it was a pretty cold day like today is um and trying to do long range in the cold really really sucks yeah but her favorite gun out of all that wasn't the ar and she just she wasn't a big fan of the ar mostly because i have what you could actually call (laughs) military grade ars yeah my shit is actually military grade besides the fact that obviously it's not full auto yeah she just didn't like the weight. It's it's a it's a military. It's a Colt Canada 
S-A-S-I-U-R. It's got a heavy barrel on it. It's been more fitted to be a combat rifle. Now, obviously, that we use it for combat. It's just That's just how I like doing it. I like using yeah. heavy rifles. Yeah. I like doing competitions with heavy rifles. I'm the yeah. opposite of everybody else. Um, that's why she didn't like it. It's it's an AR that weighs in the vicinity of 12 to 13 pounds. Oh, wow. That's a heavy AR, especially when my 458 AR weighs 6 pounds. Yeah. If I can make it lighter to is make this, it heavier wait, recoil, I is, would. Is this the one that you buried mud on me? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. So she, <laughs> she didn't like that just because of the weight. It was hard for her to lift. Yeah. She's an older woman. She's not a big woman. She's like 90, 90 pounds wet. Yeah. It was a lot of weight. And that was the only reason why she didn't like it. She enjoyed the fact that it had like no recoil. It was easy to shoot. Yeah. But it was just the weight. What she really enjoyed shooting was my 1911. Really? In no she way. She just kept going back to that gun over and over. And she was using it like a champ. Like really? she was on target. She was hitting the steel. She was racking it out. And this is around the time that you actually met her. And I told you that she was anti-gun. Yeah, I remember and this. You now. went yeah. doing what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and you went straight to her like, hey, you know, like, so you're anti-gun. And she was all like, oh, actually, I am. And you were asking her, like, so this is your first time at the range. She's like, yeah. And you asked the question. So being that you're anti-gun and obviously you're not that educated in firearms, you know, now that you've been here for the first time in your life and you've got to, you know, shoot a bunch of different things and you got to meet a bunch of different people, you know, what do you think about it? And she was very quick to say it it was not what I expected. Yeah. It was the complete opposite of what I expected. Yep. Because everybody says firearms and you automatically go American. Oh, America. Yeehaw, let's go yeah. in the backyard. Do, 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 do. She was so amazed by how friendly everybody was. Everybody was trying to handle something like, oh, you should try this. Oh, you should try that. They're all smiling. Everybody was happy. And I, coming from a car background, where you go to car shows in Canada, or not yeah. like car shows in the U.S. The car shows in the U.S., everybody backs everybody. Everybody's all like, they don't care what you drive, what make, model, what kind of modifications you're into. The fact that you're just into cars yeah. or trucks or whatever. Yeah. The fact that you're just being able to be into changing it from factory to modified. They appreciate that. Yeah. And everybody like congratulates on what the work that you did regardless if it was a truck car whatever mm-hmm. in the u.s they're like very like oh yeah man awesome 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 in canada it's like the complete opposite everybody says canadians are nice nah man we're assholes <laughs> you go to a car show in canada man everybody's bashing your shit really man, oh yeah they, they they hate you if you drive a, if, if you're a honda guy and you drive a domestic oh my god man your car's a piece of shit my honda will trump you oh <laughs> Fuck your Mustang, crowd killer, freaking deluxe. It's a very hateful thing in this country. And that was the one thing I hated about cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can never go out and go to the street race, which obviously we're breaking the law, but I had a domestic car. Everybody else is, at that point in time were driving imports, right? It's like, oh, man, you drive a domestic. You, you fucking suck, man. You, you suck. You suck. Oh, buy a Honda. I don't need to buy a Honda. Actually, I like Hondas. I just I never bought a Honda because everybody bought Hondas, and yeah. I always like to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. The, the car realm, when it came to any time, even back then, it was very hateful. Really? Where I find that in the farms community it is totally different it's like we know that we are a select few even though our numbers are increasing astronomically as years go by i think it was oh don't correct me like don't like absolutely put me to this number but i think it was like 2017 i think they reported uh ontario alone licensed firearms 
people had gone up like 14.6% yep. in one year. Yep. That is insane. Yeah. That is absolutely nuts. And the numbers keep getting higher every, every year. So I, I do say select few yeah. loosely, but as a community, we understand that we're always being attacked. Yeah. We're always being looked at. We're always being frowned upon by the people that don't understand what exactly it is that we're doing. And because of this, we come together tightly. So when I go to the range, it's everybody at the range. It doesn't matter if they're shooting some old World War One kind of gun, if they got like an original 1911 from World War One, which I would just drool all over. Or if you're running some like badass, you know, oh my God, tatty cool Barbie built AR-15, <laughs> doesn't matter if it's a... $8,000 AR or if it's like some cheap freaking the wrinkle that costs you 400 bucks used doesn't matter if you got an SKS doesn't matter if you're using a shotgun a break action black powder doesn't matter if it's a handgun IPSC IDPA doesn't matter if it's long range PSA PSR whatever you want to call this shit mm. we're all there for the same thing we're yes. all there to shoot mm. and it's like we have a level of respect for each other just because of that one fundamental thing we're there to shoot so we got each other's backs and my mother caught on to that extremely quickly really? and it completely changed her outlook on it like she's always been the i i understand people out in the sticks having a hunting rifle needing to hunt sustaining mm -hmm. for their families i get that and i support them 100 percent mm -hmm. But I don't understand why you in the city need to have the collection and the arsenal that you have and the type of guns that you have. And she always voiced that until she went to the range. Yeah. And then it completely changed. Yeah. Now it's, she wants to know the next time she can mm -hmm. go to the range. She wants to do it again. She's still not fully pro gun, but she gets why I do it. And now she supports why I do it. And when that ban hit, it was within like 10 minutes. My father didn't call me. My mother called me. Nice. She was all like, how pissed are you right now? <laughs> and I was like, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm fucking pissed, man. Like, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, are you kidding me? Because my mom understands, you know, how much I've put into this. And obviously being my mother, she knows how stupid I was when I was younger. And she knows how much I've changed since I've gotten into this. And she's happy now that I've gotten into this and coming from my mother. It's like, just like, <laughs> wow. Wow. You better take your, you know what? You better take your mother out to brunch, you know, pick it up from some place that does take out for mother's day. Uh, you just, you just, you just reminded me it's mother's day this weekend. Yeah. You know? And it's, and it's probably coming up on, Four four years since uh, your mother appeared at the range that day, and I saw her, and I do remember her now uh, very clearly. And I asked her that question. I said, "Is it what you thought it was going to be? You know, um, would you do it again?" And, and she was like, yeah. and she said yes. Yeah, and I was, I and I, and I was thrilled. And and I mean, we had an exceptional group of people there that day, but not. Um, you know, not uh, not too dissimilar from many days at the range. You know, always great people on the lines, uh, willing to share their equipment and their passion uh, for firearms. I know you feel very strongly about this subject, as do I. Uh, you know, it's really important that people get out there and bring their friends, bring their family, bring their colleagues, you know, their coworkers, out to the firing lines and show them what an incredible people, uh, you know, fill the ranks of the firearm community and uh, that's something that I think is going to be taken away with this ban. Uh, I can't help but notice they're allowing uh, people to keep items but they're not uh, permitting transportation to the range where we, where, we can, where we can show people exactly what it is that we love about that, this. That one key thing like oh my god and 
I remember there was once uh, I was at the range and there was uh, a father there with his three daughters. Yeah. Um, and they were shooting you know, a couple small handguns. He had like yeah. 22s and stuff. You know, you yeah. start them from small to big. And I was doing my thing and I had like both my ARs there. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have anything like rifle wise yeah. or anything big. And I always love handing my stuff over to kids. I, I always do. Because kids don't know any better right unless they've been raised with this hardcore and their parents have like the same kind of stuff that i have they have that even though they're there with their parents their parents have got guns it's still that black evil ar yeah so i always like handing that ar to people that have never had it before and have never used it because they see it and they're like whoa they hear it fire especially like my 10 my, my 10 inch barrel but the muzzle break on that thing is Definitely loud noisemaker. It just rattles your brains when you fire it. So I've fired this thing off. These girls have heard this thing, right? So they're scared shitless of this damn rifle. Like, it is the scariest thing they've ever seen. And I walk over to their father. I'm like, hey, I'm like, um, if you want, they can use that. And he's like, oh, do you mind? I'm like, no, not at all, man. I'm like, I, I hand load my own stuff. I got a ton of ammunition. You know, I never asked for anything for it. I, I'll mm-hmm. hand out ammo like crazy for you, just like you will. Yes. And I was like, oh man, I'm like. I'm like, if, if they're cool, if they want to actually shoot it, like, they can absolutely use it. They can use as much ammo as they want. Because I find that the younger generation, once they get away from that fear of what it looks like and what it sounds like, and they get behind it, they realize what it actually does and what it actually is, you can't get them off of it. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and, and I don't want to limit that from them, right? So, yeah, man, you can burn through all my ammo. I don't care, man. Use it up. I'll just go load more. And I gave it to his first daughter. I think she was, like, only, like, 11 years old. Yeah. Small little thing. And I was like, you know, I'll make it easy. It's a heavy rifle. You know, I threw a bipod on it really quick so she could just shoot off the table. And she was scared of it. She, I was like, if you want, honestly, I'm like, I'll, I'll show you. I'll put the buttstock on my forehead. I will pull the trigger and it won't even phase me. <laughs> she was like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it is a lot scarier looking than it is. She <laughs> got behind it. Yeah. She fired off that first round and she was hooked. She was hooked. And all three of them, they were just on that thing like clockwork. They're just firing and firing and firing. And Oh, sure. They can shoot the other guy's ammo all day long, I'll bet. (laughs) And you're the only person I know that will offer to put the buttstock against your forehead to demonstrate that there's very little recoil. I love your teaching methods. I I, I find (laughs) ways to try to give people comfort because I find, as, as males... When it comes to guns, we can be scary to yeah. people, right? It's all like we're automatically looked at. We have like this macho attitude because we have guns, even if you are in the gun community. But if you're young and you're fresh to it, there's this macho element to it, um, which is one of the reasons why I like teaching women to shoot more than I like teaching dudes to shoot. Yeah. And just women are natural shooters and they, they catch on quick and they absorb the information quick. So when I see a bunch of young women, you know, getting brought up in this and being introduced to this i want them to be able to be introduced to everything and all of it find what you like yeah find what piques your interest in it like like you said when i started i started doing this as long range and long range only i only have my non-restricted i didn't yeah. go for my restricted yeah. until after i we, we originally met and there's this there's so much involved in this and there's just so many realms that you can touch you know between like you know the bolt action you know the handguns the revolvers the break actions the black powders you know there's just so much you can do mm-hmm. why get yourself stuck just to one thing try everything see see what piques your interest see what you really love and still to this day i i love long range but i love my ars yeah. i love shooting fast yeah. uh, I, I love big recoil stuff uh i swore i would never ever 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 own a revolver 
own a revolver. Yeah. You know, like I swore I would never own a Norinco. I own a Norinco. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I swore I would never buy an SPO2 Shadow because every millennial was <laughs> buying them. <laughs> I own a Shadow 2. You got a Gucci Glock? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, let's get how, do you, straight. how do you feel about Glocks? Because I know I, you're I a huge fan. I am a 1911 fan. boy, fanboy, 100%. Um, and before anybody criticizes me on this, uh, the first time I ever shot handguns, uh, one, there was one 1911, yeah. 45, and there was one Glock in 9mm. What the Glock was, I can't remember. I can't remember if it was a Glock 19, 45, 52, whatever the hell you call these freaking you really don't I like glocks, glocks <laughs> so honestly the first handgun i ever shot was a glock it was a glock 100 yeah and then i shot a 1911 right afterwards and i instantly instantly had an instant dislike for the glock i hate the grip angle on it yeah i hate the grip i got nothing against polymer guns i own a polymer gun yeah I have not. I'll buy another one. I got no issues with them. Yeah. I do like full steel guns more, yeah. uh, just because of the weight. Uh, it's easier to mitigate recoil, yeah. um, and I just like the way they function better. I, I, they always have like kind of a barbaric feel, a very mechanical barbaric feel to it. Especially when my 1911s are dirty. You, I can literally feel the round fire off. I can feel the slide come all the way back, and I can feel it go all the way back into battery. It just feels very barbaric. It's, I like that. It's it's hundred year old technology. Of course, it's going to feel a lot more mechanical. Even as well tuned as my Philippine made piece of shit, it still works <laughs> like a champion. You getting down on the Sammy now? No, no. I, <laughs> you I love, love that Sammy. Sammy. I love my Sammy. It is like ridiculously accurate for a gun that I only paid what six hundred and fifty dollars for. Brent, you know, you know Brent, Brent, Brent Gas Gas Rider yes, has one. He he got his. It was like three ninety five. Yeah, he got them before they started to climb in value when people yeah. realized they were actually a decent made gun. Like five years ago, I think it was. It, yeah. was my, it was the first handgun that I bought. I had already bought an M. Uh, uh, an MP9 for my ex or my girlfriend at that point in time. Um, I wasn't a big fan of it, mainly because of the trigger. The trigger's on it's garbage. Um, couldn't hit a broadside of the barn with it, which I really feel bad for the law enforcement in Brampton because they have MP40s. Ooh. And I couldn't hit a broadside of a barn with a nine mil with this thing. How do they use a 40 in that thing? Yeah. I feel so bad for them. They, yeah. But, um, when I when I bought the Sammy. Uh, I paid 650 bucks for it. It was the top of the line one, so it was their Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. Two. It was the Thunderbolt. Uh, I remember full that. Stainless steel. Um, the only horrible thing that I did not like about it from out of the box was the grip. It was plastic. It was very yeah. cheap, very shitty, yeah. which is fine. The grips are easy to change. They're cheap. Yeah. Um, the only problems that I've had with that gun uh, was the safety. Yeah. Uh, the safety broke on me twice. I remember this. I don't know how, but I figured that. You the, took the thing the, apart. The, I, re- I remember how. If you don't remember, I'll enlighten our audience. You took that thing apart and you put it back together, and then the safety fell off. Oh, this is my mechanical know-how. Uh, <laughs> you broke it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I broke it. I broke what I was using. Yeah, you know. Uh, it, it, it snapped right at the pin where the pin goes I into remember, the frame. Yeah. It snapped there. Um, now, I would consider it was due to the fact that um, yes, it's a $650 gun. So, no, it's not like going out and buying a Cavett. Right? Yeah. You're not buying a $10,000 1911. Yeah. So, the safety was made out of what we would call a powdered metal, kind of yeah. like the uh, the extractors that they use on 870s. Yeah. There's powdered metal and there's the non-powdered metal ones. Yes. And people have problems with the powdered ones because they break easy. Um, the the safety's powdered metal. I'm pretty sure the uh, the hammer on it's powdered metal and the trigger's powdered metal. Uh, the frame, the slide, is stainless steel. Um 
tight clearances. I think it was stupid tight when I bought yeah. it. Like I thought there was something wrong with it. It yeah. was so tight because yeah. I couldn't even get the thing apart. Yeah. I couldn't even get the extractor out of the frame. And I'm watching YouTube videos. The guys are just dropping them out like they're butter. And I'm sitting there with a pry bar trying to pry this thing out. Um, so the safety was a problem. I broke it twice. I solved that issue. I went to uh, Double Tap Sports. Yeah. Um, uh, great i forget his name josco josco thank you great guy uh, who loves salem so much yeah. um i got one of his custom uh big shelf safeties yes i had that installed on it never had a problem with it since oh. um the only other problem i had with it was the rear sight the screw that holds the sight down because it's an adjustable sight yeah the screw snapped off and I you're rough big, with you're rough with your shit I am, eh I am, I'm with my <laughs> you got shit. that mechanical background man you're not torquing wrenches and brick well guys are like taking their they're taking their shadow tees and they're very gently putting it on the bench on top of a cloth I'm the guy that's all like yo I'm gonna wrap a rope around this thing tied to the back of my truck and drive down the street and let it just bang off the ground I once saw you take a $3,000 AR was it four oh god yeah, you know what it was a it was a Colt Canada with an S. Was it the SAS upper? SAS upper, yeah. ten and a half inch barrel. Uh, it's a tactical innovations lower. It has a full adjustable trigger tech trigger in it. Yeah. Um, we still have the photos from that day. You were uh, covered in mud. Oh yeah. That was a great day out on the line. What I think I I can't remember the I think I had the the red dot optic on it with the magnifier. Um, Obviously, everything was mill spec on it. Like, that shit matters. But it was, but it was a $4,000 AR-15. I'll cut you off right there because I'm going to finish up things very shortly here. But you you actually, it was funny. Uh, for those of you that have never shot with Four Fists before, he's a little bit rough with his equipment. And, you know, uh, for somebody that just invested $4,000 of his hard-earned cash in a rifle, and there's been any question at all about how reliable AR-15s are, uh, when it comes to, you know, Colt Canada quality and the quality of that upper that you put on that thing, you decide that you were going to drop it into a, a puddle of mud and then kick mud onto the gun like I mean like literally he 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 bolt open he, mag he bolt out. open mag out buried buried his gun in in this mud pool and kicked mud into the gun and covered it completely he lifted it out shook it racked the action a couple of times and started firing this thing just just to prove a point and I'm thinking that's a four thousand dollar gun I I I'm one of those guys that I I like to put my guns on the bench on cloths and I like to take care of my stuff but you're a little rougher than that oh, it, it was it was just entertaining to watch I had never seen anybody do that though. $4,000 piece of equipment. I, I have a belief. Everything in my safe has to be able to function. If it does not function, I have absolutely no use for it. So yeah. I have no issue spending the money. I, I'm not rich by no means, but um, I could have a massive gun collection with the money that I have put into my firearms. It could be absolutely massive. Uh, but it's not. I probably got uh, 13 guns, which is still a, a, a lot of firepower, but mm. All of them are typically top of the line, a lot of money invested in them, so that when I get behind it and I go to use it, it's gonna work. It, yeah. it has to work. And in my mind, everybody's like, yeah, you know, you know, as long as you keep it clean, you know, if it, keep an AR clean, <laughs> it's, it's gonna work. If you keep your 1911 clean, it's gonna work. <laughs> my Sammy right now probably has about 2,000 rounds through it. I have not cleaned it. No. In like two years. Really? I have them off the barrel. I just, I'll literally just open the slide, dump oil in the thing, close the damn slide. And Shame on you. Shame rounds. on you. And <laughs> even though you, you, the slide will feel slow, it'll feel gummy. Yeah. 
Yeah. She works. She works. So this whole thing of like, oh, you know, like 1911s, they got to be like thousands and thousands of dollars to make it work properly. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. You just got to, you know, take care of it, clean it. But I don't clean my shit. I don't clean my bolt action rifles. I'm pretty sure my 308 has had about 2,000 rounds through before I even come close to mopping the barrel. You, I, you know what? Work. You, you have obviously gone the quality over quantity route. Uh, I know that you're a big fan of function over form. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, you you use what works, and certainly the uh, the firearms you own are uh, competitive pieces, and you've used them that way, and you've used them lawfully, and uh, to uh, you know to entertain yourself, to relax, to uh, compete, and to uh, push yourself and excel. Um, you know, again, I uh, I've really always enjoyed seeing you out on the firing lines. You've always been a lot of fun to talk to, and uh, I'm gonna wrap this thing up by asking you one simple question. If you know it, I wanted to ask you this. I know you're a huge fan of the 1911. If you could own any 1911 made today, anyone, what would it be? It'd be a Cabot. Really? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's yeah. My, uh, I would say Cabot because I would use it. Really? Like, I don't care how much it costs. I would use that. Like, and I wouldn't even care which Cabot it was, as long as it was a Cabot. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea that one of the best 1911s. And it's what a lot of people don't realize in this country. A lot of the best 1911s right now are coming out of that factory. Yeah. The guy that is the CEO of that company is Canadian. No. Just like... That's right. Oh, my God. I forgot that. That's right. Oh, my God. We're not gun people, but one of the best 1911s made on the planet is made by a Canadian. Bar none. The best AR-15 on the planet is a Damaco. Even the Americans know it. It's made in Kitchener. Yeah. Made by Canadians. One of the best long-range sniper weapons on the planet comes out of Kadex in Quebec. Canadian. PGW gun, like Prairie Dog Gunworks. Badass Timberwolf bolt-action rifles. Made in Canada. We make some of the best firearms on the planet. And nobody seems to recognize this. So yeah, I would buy a cap. 100% would be my go-to. Right but if I had like an absolute dream, dream 1911. Yeah. Dream 1911. And this would be the, I'd be questionable about using it at the range just because I wouldn't want to see something bad happen to it. <laughs> it would be an authentic 100% straight out of World War I 1911. It'd have to come from World War One. Yeah. Just because it's as true 1911 as they come. It was, I've, I've, been in this shit i've seen this shit the guy that had me either shot at shit or had his shit shot at it, uh, it's just it's one of those it's one of those collection pieces that you have that you just get to sit back and you go that is what helped make the world that we live in better today and it could just sit there i might take it to the range i might fire off one or two rounds out of thing i just i don't want to see anything bad happen to it I'm going to have to, I, I may have to dig around and see what I can find for you. You know, we get all kinds of guns coming our way here at the Canadian Gun Vault. Well, you know what? I got to tell you, it's been a great, great podcast talking with you, buddy. It's always fantastic seeing you, and I, I've been really interested to know what your take is on things, so I'm glad we got together to do this. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, it's my pleasure being here, man. Right on, right on. 
All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to support your lobby groups, the CCFR, the NFA, the CSSA, CSAAA. Fuck the liberals. All right. Ah, I got to slip that in there. You know what? You know what? I don't blame you one bit for being dissatisfied with their performance, buddy. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, folks. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe.